test, test, one, two. How's it going, people? I have a little bit of a cold, so it's probably not the best time to record the intro or the monologue here, if you can call it a monologue. It's definitely an intro, but uh, I'm going to see if I can make it through this thing without sneezing or coughing. It's uh, the winter time here in Crete, just like it is everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere, <laughs> and I got me one of those one of those colds working. Hope everybody's doing great. Uh, I wanted to pump out this episode before the new year for no particular reason other than I wanted to. So that's why I'm forcing myself to do it right now while with the cold. Hopefully it doesn't sound. See, that was rude. That right there. I don't know if that, that'll work, but we'll, we might make it work. A lot of changes going on. I mean, I, I think I always say that because it's true. We are always in a constant state of change. And, uh, you know, it's time to sort of, sort of hold on to the hole there and just say, all right, here we go. That's what we're going to do. Sometimes we're able to steer it where we want to and other times we're not, but we're just going to hang on sometimes. I am, I have, I am currently transitioning out of the military. I'm retiring from the military. Maybe everybody knew, well, a lot of people knew that. Uh, cause a lot of people, you know, I've met and I work with, but for those who didn't, that's what it is. Probably now a good time to say none of the views or anything by myself or anybody that's ever on this, uh, are views that are expressly from, I'm totally messing this up, but it's okay. That are explicitly from the Department of Defense or, uh, the U.S. Navy or anybody. They're not affiliated with that. This is, these are my personal views and also the personal views of those who have um, been on my podcast before. So it's definitely a good way to say that. Anyway, I'm uh, currently transitioning. You can hear my feet. It's probably not, hopefully that's not bothersome. I'm walking around my house with my house shoes on. Um, currently transitioning out. Uh, looking for jobs and looking for different, uh, looking to change sectors. I don't want to go in too many specifics just because I don't want to for no other particular reason. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts there, doing a lot of studying and a lot of reading, a lot of interviewing and a lot of stuff like that. So it's, uh, taken me, uh, away from this project. But the cool thing about this project is it's, it's all still there. I'm still writing and, uh, I'm still intervie- interviewing and doing things with people. I got some things on the back burner, and so we're always still working there. Uh, I don't envision this thing, envision this thing ever stopping, just sort of growing. And and sometimes there's going to be periods where it, where it grows faster, and others where it goes slower. Kind of like you know the person through different phases of their life, I guess. Uh, and things just sort of mold and change. And I, I like that idea of mold and change. And, uh, I've been reading a lot of books recently on, the, on this sort of thing. And, uh, I read this really interesting book on the surprising intersection and what we can learn about leadership from jazz bands. I thought it was interesting. Um, but also it's an interesting thing that just this idea of, of, of what emerges from, disorder and from chaos, you know, and I think it's a really cool, just a really cool idea. It's always sort of interested me. Anyway, 
So uh, this episode is with my friend Casey. Uh, Casey is a unique, cool dude. He is a really great guitar player. Um, not is it not? He's not a standard type of guitar player. You know, he's a very emergent guitar player. He goes on based a lot of things that are based on feeling and uh, that kind of thing. And uh, is you know, I, I met him uh, a couple months ago, and um, we you know found we were kindred spirits, I guess, of sorts. And uh, so we decided to sit down and have a good conversation. Um, we talked about all sorts of things and we actually were talking back and forth and I was saying like, what do we like, like I was writing down notes about what do I think that we talked about? And then he had him write notes. What have we talked about? You know, but really if you just can uh, imagine this, it was, it's just a conversation that you have between, you know, you and your friend, you know, and you talk about, um, things that not are necessarily, I guess, surface level things. And it was just a, it was a really cool conversation. Um, it, we talked about, so here, here's, here's sort of the, the notes we, we took. The, the existential debt on political polarization. That sounds really kind of like obtuse, but really it's, yeah, we, we talk about political polarization. And I don't normally, again, talk about politics and things like that on here. Um, but I also don't want to stray away from those topics, and I think those topics are cool, and I think they're important. And, and both, I would say, both Casey and I tend to be pretty, I don't know, level-minded, level-headed, and, and open-minded. But you can you can decide that for yourself. Um, so we talked about the effects of political polarization, and then we also went into polarization as when it comes to a lot of different things. Um, we started go. We we kind of went. After that, we went into like the individual uh, and their political ideologies as it applies to history and like cultural differences as well, um, and individual responsibility in the world, um, talking about cultures and spirituality, uh, spirituality and religion. Um, we go into like the absence of rites of passages and like coming of age rituals, and uh, and then lastly about what does it mean when we are intuitive or is it a spiritual thing or is it just random? You know, we, we, we start talking a little bit about spirituality and you know, a weird thing happened too. Whenever, after we recorded this, I went back to listen and the last 25 minutes of the conversation got cut off. And I don't know how, probably because I'm a klutz uh, and I pressed the wrong button or something. And because I started going into stories about, uh, about what kind of what's been happening with me or, or in this sort of realm of being open minded spiritually, which is a, which is a journey that I've had, uh, over a long period of time. And, you know, I'm sorry that it, the last 25 minutes cut out and I, and I, I talked to Casey and I talked to myself and I said, should I post this? You know, should I throw the baby out with the bathwater? And ultimately, the answer is no, because I think that we had a good conversation, and it was, it was, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of interesting points, and I don't want to throw the whole thing away just because the last bit um, didn't didn't record. So, um, I guess those those stories we 
uh, like the story that I told will come out uh, at some point. Um, I don't know. I guess if you want to hear, if you want to hear where it led, uh, the best that I can recall it, then uh, just ask me, and I will be, I'll be happy to write about it, and uh, or happy to, to kind of have its own little episode on it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for reading. As you can see, like I said before, I've done a lot more writing uh, recently, and um, I want to get back into more podcasts. I keep saying that. I keep saying that. Uh, but, I mean, I do. I need to get uh, more consistent at it. But as you know, life happens, things happen. But as long as I keep pushing this big cart down the tracks, even if it's slowly sometimes, then that's okay. Anyway, I appreciate you listening. Give me feedback. Uh, I love messages. There's a lot of you that will email me and I really, really enjoy that. Uh, if you like it, please share it, uh, on Spotify. You can get a little star, you know, your little star rating. You can do the same thing on Apple and Apple also lets you write a review. Um, yeah. Anyway, I really appreciate you guys. I hope you're well. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas Hanukkah. All that stuff. Uh, feel very grateful for everybody um, reading. And you guys treat each other well. Treat your, your, your families well. Treat your friends well. Always learn and uh, just be cool. Okay. Bye. You were telling a story of uh, about the, the Baha Gita? No. Well, there was that. that we like. We just like, I'm, oh, by the way, I'm non-neurotypical. Most musicians, like, and creative people are a little bit, there's a spe spectrum, right? What does that mean? So, like, I'm, like, would be, I don't really, like, over-identify as this, but sometimes I do. Uh, so, I'm ADHD, right? Okay. So, I jump from, I don't have a long attention span. Okay. Unless it's something I'm really interested in, and then it's, yeah. like, I can fucking talk about it or do it for eight hours, right? right. Yep. I, uh. Okay, same. I agree. I agree. Yeah. What I'm saying, we you were telling about that. What was the Baha? I the Baha Gita. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking about. You were asking me about before. You were asking me about my guitar playing, and you were saying, "What do you do when it comes to guitar playing?" Yeah, yeah. And then you were asking. You were talking about the all the drummers you knew had like, like this caffeine ca sensitivity. Yeah. yeah. And then we were talking, then you were right before that, you were talking about something in Seattle. You were doing something. Oh, during, so during 2020. Okay. So yeah. So during 2020, I was working at a, uh, a, a youth homeless shelter, um, right outside of Seattle, like on Whidbey Island. And, uh, I wasn't like, I say working, but, uh, I was volunteering there okay. a lot too. So because my original plan was, I was like, I was on track for a few years to get out of the Navy okay. in 2021, February. So that was like when I was supposed to, you know, and I was going to, in 2019, I was going to open houses at the universities in Seattle for, you know, a couple of the ones that I wanted to go to because the programs they had in uh, mental health counseling. And uh, when 2020 happened, right, like that's whenever like over the course of like six months, you know, the pandemic and all that, that's when I was like, maybe I should, you know, re-up for at least another year or two. This is this seems really unstable. And uh, ironically, too, I was finishing my psych degree, so a lot of our stuff, our requirements for our papers and our capstone classes and stuff were on current events, like social psychology, 
and things like that. So there was a lot of things that I saw really, really quickly that I felt like at least, and I'm not like a political, like I'm not, I don't lean one side or the other. Um, the, uh, the, the chaos that kind of ensued that was also dismissed, you know, by even people in class, we would have, uh, you know, discussions between the students and like, okay, current events, give your take on this. And even you would see the bias come out, the political bias from the students. They would try to like look at an angle of this protest or this riot or this situation. And then it would go down, you know, they're going over their speech for five or 10 minutes. Then all of a sudden it's like, but you know what? I really think Donald Trump has it together. Or it's like, you know what? I really think we need to fucking just throw all these, you know, conservatives out of the country, basically. So I saw it get really chaotic really fast, even going like if you heard of the Chaz and Chop situation that was in nope. Seattle. So like there was a area in Seattle, they called it Chaz or Chop, which is just like a, you know, they took over police precinct, right? They like pretty much annexed it from the city for a couple of weeks right after the protests. And uh, they were like, we don't need, you know, this is an exclusionary zone, basically. We don't need any of your, the government or any of this. And the mayor of Seattle kind of like supported a little bit, you know, it was just like, we, you know, kind of backed it. And so there was plenty of times where I was driving into the city, even though maybe we weren't supposed to, because I was volunteer, I was still allowed to volunteer at the at the the shelter during which is which weird, but I worked at a joint command, so my leadership was half Canadian, right? Most okay. of them were Canadian, so they were like, "Hey, you're already you already were doing this way before this started, so we're still going to let you do it as long as you, you know, abide by the COVID protocols." So you know, be at work a few days a week or whenever they would whatever schedule they would have. Sometimes it would be all the full week. Sometimes it would be just one or two days a week depending on the, uh, the quarantine measures. But then I was there like 34 hours, 30 to 40 hours a week at the, uh, the shelter. So I would be driving into these, not like into the protest, but into the city to pick up kids sometimes that were like had housing at the shelter and whatnot. And uh, it was just, uh, I noticed that most of the younger kids that were like, you know, 16 to 25, they didn't really give a fuck about any of the political stuff. They were just most of them, regardless of their skin color, of their, uh, you know, even their family's political uh, ideological sense was more like just like, fuck this. Like, I'm tired of being cooped up for two or three months. And if they whether they begin unemployment or not, they just wanted chaos. Like that, They were just and, you know, I could see how that'd be fun, too. I was like, I want to go out there, too. You know, I can't. Not, I'm not even allowed to, even if it was just a regular you know, just this like, you know, peaceful thing, whether I believe in it or not. But it gave me a real sense of like, you know, even before it was probably May or June, I was doing one of my reports in our classes. And everybody, that's when I, I heard the, the political bias come into the conversation between students. And when it got to me, I was like, this is going to blow up like at the time of the actual election. Like both sides are going to say that the other, whoever wins the both sides are going to say the other person cheated, like regardless of who wins. Like both sides have built this up enough that it's like not going to be healthy at all for like it's not going to be a no one's going to believe the other side actually won. And then when the January 6th stuff happened, I was like, 
that could just easily have been the other, you know, 1,500 or 2,000 people on the other side, on the blue team being like, no, this is, this is all, you know, a facade. This is all bullshit. So it, it kind of drove me to be like, when I, cause I already had orders that come out here to be like, oh, thank God I'm getting, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just getting out of the, yeah. Like I'm not even like, you know, cause I remember talking to kids, you know, talking to like 20 year olds and being like, I'm driving them back. Right. It's like an hour drive back. I'm like, and I'd ask them like, so what do you, what's your opinion on this? And it would rare, rarely would ever something racial come to it, even if they were like an African-American or from Dominican or from New York City or from wherever, right? They would just be like, I'm fucking bored. I'm fucking just as this look like fun. So like that was like the tempo. And this is in like, you know, Washington state. And it's and so there's that uh, there's that uh, it's got every state has its own lean, right, politically. But just to hear enough dozens of kids, young adults be like, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm just bored was like, OK, that's like you like a fall of Rome type of vibe, you know, like uh, who's the, the dude playing the, the harp when Rome's burning? What was it? What was his name? Yeah, I don't know his name. Um, oh, his name. But yeah, it was just it wasn't a like it was like a conscious lean to anarchy versus like this system's wrong this system would be better right because mm-hmm. that's what if you were to actually like cause anarchy and that's what in Chaz and Chop that's what happened so for a couple of weeks the mayor was like uh, we support Chaz and Chop you know we're not gonna do this and then and during the day it was kind of a cool place from what I heard right it was like kind of like a you know there'd be music going on and Poets. It was like the Greenwich Village in New York in the 50s, right? Like we don't, you know, uh, political protests kind of stuff, you know, speakers. But at night, that's whenever like the void would be there. There'd be a vacuum and people would be getting robbed. People would be getting attacked. People would get sexually assaulted. So after a few weeks, the mayor of Seattle bulldozed that place, right? Just because like, oh, shit, this isn't, this is it. Maybe this isn't just the, uh, and, and then that, you know. People saw that shit on the news and were like, that's all that Seattle is. That's all that Washington is. And it's like, no, that was in an area that was already like like that. It's a, you know, it's a college district area. It's already like that. That's wherever you'd go to see the best shows, right, like on the weekends and stuff. So that that was kind of not surprising. But to see like to see it get just taken over by people for no other reason, just because maybe a handful of them. We're like, this system's bad. We want it to change. You know, even uh, as childish as this sounds, the sounds, the app Snapchat, right? So you can go to hot areas and click on it, and it'll show you just a fucking feed of random people's phones. So I remember now this was part of my capstone um, project, right? It was like psychology and digital media or so, social psychology and how digital media works with that. And you would click on it, and you would see kids, like, in the protest front line, right? Like, ah, like, fucking, like, they're panicked, they're scared, they're, like, almost facing off with these evil cops, as it looks like in the, you know, in the videos, like, oh, we're these oppressors, right? Like, tear gas and stuff. Then you'd click on it again, the same area, and you go to phones from kids, like, not right on the front line, but, like, you know, 30 feet back or whatever, laughing, fucking running from the cops like it's a game. Like, all right, they're going to be over here. Let's run over to this side. And you're just like, okay, this is – this is this. some of this is boredom and being cooped up, right? Some of it's like a rejection of the whole system and not for like 
a replacement of a better one, but just kind of a burn it down vibe. And that's, that's, yeah, that was, it fueled a lot of me, even me wanting to stay here longer. Cause I was like, I kind of want to, I'm kind of want to like, it's one of the reasons that I wanted to be here till past the next election. And why I said to you, like, if you're going to go back, in my opinion, just kind of wait to see how try to hold off. Yeah. How the next one goes. And I'm not saying that there's going to be like the, the fate of the entire country rests on the next election. But if it's, uh, if it comes down to like, you know, in my opinion, like Biden and Trump again, then it's almost like, it's almost in a sense, like, I don't want to use the word like orchestrated, but it's almost like, like nobody could have prevented that if it was that big of a problem to have like, you know, those two people run against each other. So, no, I mean, every every election, though, it, it keeps getting it just keeps getting more volatile. Every election that comes up, it's like, what's going to happen now? And but the masses aren't morons, right? That's the thing that that's that's wild to me. The masses aren't aren't morons. So I think everybody has you more or less the same. Well. The majority of people have the same thought, right? Which is, of 360 million people, how are these two our best candidates, right? I think I think most people have that thought. There are people that are fringe on the, like the, the that say, oh, you know, when it comes to whoever, left or right, you know. But I think most people are like, yeah, I think like. We can do better than this. Then just that, then the, the buildup of these two, just these, these two, two individuals. Yeah. Like it's, it's clear that Biden, like he's, he's older, like beside all the jokes and everything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's clear that he's older, that he might have some problems, you know what I mean? Like medical issues. Like it's very clear. And then you would, and, and now you add the weight. Like like how like how stressed out we can get for our like little our, PR our slice, our, right? you know what I mean? Or even a person that works at Starbucks, right? Yeah, so look, like, look how stressed out they are, right? Yeah. And now you, you add a feeble-minded old man to now what is more than likely the most stressful job to date. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you know, it's easy to to make fun, and it's easy to be like that guy's a that guy's a piece of shit. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's easy to do that, right? Yeah, it's, but, it's the easiest thing. But like you walk, like I wake up tomorrow morning and I get a phone call and they go, "Hey, uh, Tyler, you're you're the president now. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm gonna do a bowel movement on myself and like think to my like, I I don't even know where the first place to start. And also, there's so many other like, you know." Strings and things happening, right? It's not only that that it's him; it's the administration. There's an administration behind him, so he, obviously that one person's not making decisions. He's consulting other people to make decisions, and everybody's sort of like with it, you know. But still, like I think most people think that, like, what's going on, and why? Why does it seem like it just like the climate of it all just keeps getting worse? Like you you look at look at the the political spectrum. Um, for what we see as somebody, like if I say this person's to the left, right? Mm-hmm. And then like we, we, we have these ideas that come up in our minds. Okay. 
these are the these are the stereotypes or these are the things that we see as someone who's typical that who's left leaning. Mm-hmm. And then you can do the same thing for those who are right leaning, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at those attributes here in 2022, and then you were to measure that same thing, attributes of the left and right ten years ago, what is present now is like this mutated beast of what you know of, of both of them it's been like yeah it's been aggregated as much as even technology has become aggregated it's like as with the the more accessibility through the information has also made it more uh echo chambered more pushed out yeah. right yeah and it's it's like I mean, echo chamber was that that actually came to mind it got it's just getting worse you know it's uh it, and it's what's what's crazy about it too is like you start to understand that you know before ten twenty years ago you know ten twenty years ago and before that you know there's the you know a lot of people even in, a lot of people like to say like there's a conspiracy theory in the sense of like information control well it's you don't even have to really use the word conspiracy theory it's just business right it's like it's a model for if the if the only sources of information, especially like for whatever the government's doing or whatever foreign policy, all of that jazz, like right, it would come through only a few dozen at most, right? Maybe you know, besides local individual outlets, like in different counties and states and all that, it's only a few pipeline outlets. So like, if you really went head up against that and like opened up too much, even in the fifties and sixties and seventies, you know. Uh, it would depend on the the populace if they backed it or if they rejected it basically if if it would even like be noticed or not but you start to get to the point to where like the job is the of the president right like is that and then like the party that controls it right or the party that's that they're running for you start to see that there's kind of like it's more of a it's more of a mascot, and I'm not saying there's no power in the president, right? And I'm not saying it's not as devoid of, you know, the the executive power that it holds. But you really see that it's like, okay, well, we flip the president every four to eight years, right? So, like, but then the senators and Congress individuals, right, they could be there for 30, 40, 50 years, right? So, like, that's where most of the differences and really the policies are made up because even um, even in like right before Donald Trump left office, that's when I like – in 2020, just because of the chaos, that's when I started to read bills. It's like actually like read them, like at least like not in full detail if they're 8,000 pages. I'm at least going to read the first 50 or 100 pages or sift through them, right? So like uh, – so the – I forget if it was the CARES Act – one of the one of the acts that happened in 2020 where they gave everybody like the $600 stimulus, right? Uh, it, I noticed it was in like November, maybe October, December when they put it out. Everybody was flipping the fuck out on both sides of the aisle because there was all these other things in it. Everybody else is getting $600, but then they we also had these payments to like uh, the the Asian TI or IA program uh, to these different countries, right? Financial support to these programs that were like ninety percent of the bill. And what I think happened was like a lot of that stuff, and even what the president has to like oversee, 
wasn't even written. If we have a 10-year line of accounting for something that's written up by Congress and signed in, 20, or in 2015, and then that happens to be at the same time, close to December, like it's time to pay that annual bill for this line of accounting that's 10 years, well, even in COVID, they couldn't put a pause on that, those lines of accounting. So I think that even with the CARES Act, if you look at it, if you read through what some of those things are, some of those things had a 10-year line of accounting, and I think it came up to like, oh, shit, we're about to like give a bunch of aid to these foreign situations like Israel, all the stuff that we do every year. People are going to flip the fuck out because it's the middle of a pandemic. So let's, let's, let's combine it all together like we can do anyways, but no one notices. But this year, everybody's, there's so many people sitting at home. There's so many people listening, watching. They're gonna, so we need to throw in a, a bribe. Because both sides are going to see all this and be like, wait, why the fuck are we? And one of the things was that uh, the conservatives, even the, the, the right, saw you know, some of the highlights of the bill. And they saw, like, why are we giving uh, gender education support to this Middle Eastern country, right? Well, if you read into, read into it, and I'm not saying that it's a bad deal, we were actually, like, had a line of accounting that, were, that was paying for basically— uh, uh, girls in these certain Middle Eastern spots to have a, a protected, like, private school so they could go to school without being, like, you know, harassed because it's very one-sided in some parts of the Middle East. But then they read it and just saw, like, gender education as, like, a left-wing gender. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, why are we spending money on teaching Middle Easterns about gender identity? And they completely, like, fucked it up. Not that it's bad to have either but it was a good thing but congress and everybody else still could have been like hey we need to put a pause on these lines of accounting it's not a really good time right now like is that school even in session but in the 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 asian ti or ia program that was like 1.6 billion dollars right so you see that and what, what is that mostly that's mostly to contractors especially through the military industrial complex over in that area, in the Asian area for the different regions and stuff like that. So you can't, a lot of that stuff, you can't, even was written up before Donald Trump was, you know, could have been in office, right? So some, even some of the things that Biden has to deal with, right, were written up when Trump was in office. Like if you have a line of accounting, if Congress makes up something, we're going to do this for 10 years, and it happens that people notice on the sixth year and fucking freak out, they don't also go and read it. And see, oh wait, we've been paying this fucking bill every year for the past six years, and they may, and I digress. I'm making a big deal about this one situation, but the president doesn't. He does executive orders, and he he helps break ties. He pushes things right, but he doesn't have as much of power swing, in my opinion, as the uh, is Congress. Right? If 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 you're right, if you're like like. I think uh, I remember reading a report that like 10 or 15 percent of the people in Congress, they have their own private like even pharmacy where they like have, you know, there's like I think a good percentage of them have Alzheimer's, too. I mean, if you're what job would you want to do at 80 fucking years old? Like unless you're like Pablo Picasso or a fucking like is is politics really your art? Like, is it an art form that's so you're so passionate about? At the same time, well, or is it that your net worth is fucking $60 million, but you only make a salary of 150000 a year? It's like, oh, okay, there's 
there's it's it's I feel like when you get into that job, it's very like bipartisan. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. But, you know, there's there's blood in the water. We got money to make. Yeah. Like what like you said before, it's a lot of times it seems like there's like a like a team thing going on there. Well, my team, my team is this. My team's voting this. Yeah. Or, you know, like you said before, like a mascot. And that's that's kind of true. I look at it as like a like a team. Because you focus on it, right? You're like that. Be, think about how much that draws everybody's attention. But then the midterm elections are not that like you know there's power that can be held in that too. But that's kind of more general, right? People still fight for it, but the they people idolize, you know, almost like in a, in a religious way, like oh this who's our one person that we're going to put up here? No, describing describing politics. Describing the nature of politics in 2022 is is very comparable to a religion. Like that, that's it. Seems like that. You mm-hmm. see the way that people get just crazy over their heads about all sorts of stuff, and they'll they'll, they'll deify, you know, these these figureheads and these political parties and everybody deifies them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they don't, they don't criticize like whatever team you're on. I feel like it's, it's best for society. If you spend most of your time criticizing your own group and like having a standard for them. Yeah. Like you're, if you're going to be part of a political party or have like a leaning, then you're responsible for them too. Like at least like that's, that's part of your, that's your tribe. If you're going to be, I agree. So, it, but if you just spend the like, if you bring up something to someone who's on the left or the right, something that's like, okay, well, yeah, we we know your feelings on this on the other side that are bad or terrible, but like, what about this? And they're like, oh, well, I'm either just like gonna like like avoid that, like kind of like compartmentalize that and toss, like, well, you know, it's for the greater good, you know, uh, there's lesser of two evils type of situation, and that's like, that's not gonna work it's just not gonna work out good for anybody you're gonna have kids going that, that's what leads the kids going to fucking uh riots protests whatever you want to call it and fucking running from tear gas and laughing like that's and i can see why that's appealing if you're in a system that you think is like fake and you start to even see that like you know if there's some cracks in it you're like why would i you know even if i even if they're they're not educated to know what's worse that could become after that avoid there's still like well fuck it like if this is this is a system that has already been set up so thick then i'd rather see it burn and that's like now with the access of information people can either be led astray into shit that's not ultimately true but it's still like it's still a better option than like the bullshit that they've been fed, you know, and then sometimes you get people that are try to be, you know, try to be ambiguous about like, okay, let me take in all the information and parse out where my conscious thinks I'm right. And that seems like it's fucking an an evolutionary trait. That's like leaving very quickly from like the collective consciousness or from the individual you know, I, there, I've had some of even friends in 2020 that in 2019, they were pretty unbiased, like about certain things politically, especially. But then even in 2020, during the chaos, you know, all of a sudden I'm having arguments with a friend for like 20 years. I'm like, wait, wait, you're really leaning into this. Like, this is not you, like you. 
you've been like a champion of not leaning into something to like see the bigger picture. But now you're like scared and you're like, well, we just got to get these people, you know, we just got to take care of this problem. Like this is, you know, it was a, it was a amazing, uh, 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 collide during my like finishing of the, my degree and that situation. Cause I was like, Oh, we're not as like, you know, uh, evolved and divine as we think we are when the chips are down, like these people will eat each other. And kind of like how the fucking Joker pointed out like, oh, okay, it only takes like a few months of like flipping the system on its head to see like what people would really do. And then it's, uh, you think too that if something did happen and the system changed, like people don't really like think of far ahead too. Like if they think they're trying to like take over, you know, uh, a political system or whatever, but then they have to like if they did do that, then they have to sit around and be like, okay, what's the plan now? And ninety nine percent of them would make something just as shitty, if not shittier, right? It's not something you can easily fix with just toppling it over in a few months or a few years. I don't know, man. Yeah, the, the, this next one. Uh, if it's going to be Biden versus Trump, like, if it, like, like, and I'm not, the irony in that is like, oh, okay, so this is, you guys are on this, like you guys, well, you guys might as well be playing golf with each other. Like the whole, the whole time, which, Probably happened at some point before he ever ran, you know, Trump. But it's, uh, it's, I can see the appeal though of the chaos because it's kind of like when you see that, if that happens again, where those, they're the two head runners, you're like, nobody, nobody could have stepped in and like made a better option. Did anybody want a better option? You know, you know, but the media again has a has a place in all that too. They love that stuff. They love that that, that they have eye they have eyeballs fixated on the TV now, right? And then let's orchestrate this. You know, Trump versus Biden round two. The God, you know what the I mean? God versus the devil. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's it, and they, they love that stuff. But again, I think most people like see through it. But then. Then there comes the idea of, all right, you see through it, but then what the hell can you do about it? That's what that's what that's what the seventeen or twenty year old is that's running from the uh, the tear gas. They're like, well, fuck it, you know, if I if I can't do anything about it, you know, then I'm, I'm just least, gonna I'm at least joining the fun. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Yeah. I'm not gonna be bored. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm yeah. definitely not gonna be bored. Yeah, yeah. I think I think about that a lot actually. I mean, I've never been super. Super duper, like politically motivated. Either um, I talked with this guy a couple of years ago, and uh, we were talking about this, and he he mentioned something I thought was cool, and I've never actually paid attention to it because I've lived a lot of uh, time overseas, um, and being in the military, we move around so mm-hmm. much. Um, but he talked about how important it was because he was a Chinese immigrant, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he came here from China, right? Mm-hmm. So he sees he sees the difference about what he grew up in and what he saw versus what what we have, right? And he's he said that the one of the biggest things you can do, the most important things you can do, is to really engage in your local voting, like in your in your, your cities and in your communities. 
And he was like, literally, that's like one of the biggest things that you can do. And people always scoff at that. But he talked about how actual important it was and how doing that within your local community will actually make a change that you will see rather than sitting in front of the TV with a bucket of fried chicken and for, being, the, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? and being like, like yeah, yeah. I, I hate that. I'm here for the commercials. Yeah, yeah or yeah, like, yeah. I, I hate those. I yeah, hate yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. But then if you go in your local community and you actually vote for somebody and you know that person or you know people who know that person, whatever, and because you care about, I don't know, public education, and you know based off of so and so and so and so that that person looks out for public education as much as they can. And you're going to actually vote for that person, and that person actually has the possibility to do something to public education in your community. In your sphere, yeah, yeah in the in, sphere that yeah. actually affects you yeah. versus just like, you know, it might as well be another country if you're talking about from like Utah to Washington, D.C., right? It's yeah, like, totally. But it's, it's this, and it's, and I'm guilty of this too, like, yeah, I won't watch football, football all year, but... You know, probably half the time that there's a Super Bowl, I'm like, oh well, fuck yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Even sure. though I like don't even follow this, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna critique it's it. I'm gonna get event. into yeah. yeah. It's, and I'm gonna I'm, especially the commercials. Like that was like I even even in my family we grew up when the Super Bowl would come on. It was like this is more about the sidebar entertainment than the actual game, right? This is about the party, the the party of the the winning or the failure that happens around it, right? That's the, true. The chaos of it, and it's. Uh, so yeah, that's just like if you're if if uh, and even th- there's been some challenges even with like you know moving and living overseas and, and some desires too. But even first coming over here, just learning like on the island, this island, right? This island wasn't even turned back over to Greece until like 1898 or like I think the last Turks left here in like 1930. Right. So the Turks, the Turks and Turk, like the term Turk, right, even though we think of that as like Turkish people. So there is like basically like on the island for a few hundred years after the uh, Venetian had it. Right. Which were really, really peaceful were Orthodox Christians. Right. Um, and, Catholic, and had Catholicism, too. When the Turks took it over and they turned a lot of these sites into mosques, it was very rough. It was like very rough for the. The, the Cretans, you know, even before they would identify as Greeks. And to see that, like, it's only been a hundred years since, like, basically the Cretans were brutally enslaved, right, by the Turks in some of these areas, right? Like, uh, even had, like, some of their body parts, like, chopped off and used as some of their decorative armor, like, what? stuff like, like, create, like, yeah, like women's breasts and stuff like that. So to come from the states that just had all these riots about these situations, which are, not good, right? Police brutality on like African Americans or any minority. It's terrible. But to come over here where it's only been a hundred years since like less, you know, almost, uh, yeah, hundred years, 120 since they like got, you know, left. And uh, to see that people have just like, yeah, the really, really older population, they might be super prejudiced. There's still some prejudice. But no one's watching the fucking news in Greece. They know they are like whenever we're these things that we're brought up about that are like new to us, right? As Americans, like, oh wait, maybe the media is full of shit. Like the bigger mainstream media, it's just it's just an arm of the industrial complex, the arm of business complex, the arm of the government, right? To some degree, I'm not saying in a conspiracy sense, but it's just you know, that's you got to make you have to make your paycheck, so you have to follow a line at some point, right? 
But here it's like the news might be on, but like the common sense, which has just been refreshing, was like, yeah, well, that's the fucking news. What are you, like, what are you gonna, yeah, we have it on, but it's on mute because you no know, one's gonna, what, like, we've, we've kind of known it's bullshit, right? So there's a, I, I think that part of the chaos in the American subconscious is my personal opinion, right? This, this has no, there's no validity in this at all. <laughs> but the, uh, I feel like having a country that's only a few hundred years old, right, that, you know, is on in some extent a lot of our landmarks and stuff like that were kind of like confiscated by the Europeans, right? And we're like, okay, like Mount Rushmore, okay, the six grandfathers, we're going to come in and put our presence over this, kind of the same way that Christianity did with pagan, you know, uh, dates. Like, oh, okay, well, look, the... Our God was born on the same day you celebrate the solstice, so maybe it's the same guy. It's kind of like you're you're almost like taking the energy of this thing that was already there and trying to transfer it, putting a yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, look, it's it's still a holy site. It's just got our presidents on. (laughs) You're like, right? It's like it's so. There's a in the collective consciousness. This is like a young thing, right? The collective, which is the collective consciousness of America. There's a there's a constant paranoia. Because we've only been around for 300 years. So, like, we're not historically established well enough. In, the, in, in, Greek, in Greece, right, all these countries that have, that have existed in Eastern Europe, in Western Europe, right, in, in, in this entire area, in Africa, right, in the Middle East, they've been around for thousands of years, may, like probably longer, tens of thousands, right? So whenever something like COVID happens or... Uh, they switch over to the euro and they lose their fucking economy. There's a sense of like, well, we've been here for thousands of years. You know, like we're going to get through it. In America, we don't have that like fucking backing, right? We don't have that like ingrained, like like fortified sense of existence. So we're on this like shaky ground where like anything that happens, we're like, oh, that's why the I think that that's why it, it is even more along with technology and open source to information and bullshit information, like good information and bad, you also have this knowledge that like, well, maybe we've, we haven't been here that long. We don't have a thousand years of integration, 4,000 years. We don't have these, like, this is all kind of like got propped up and, and grew really, really, really fast. And how much of that is go is a sustainable thing. I think that that's just, you can you can tell that I think it's harder to tell that like when you're so like even like what I was saying about the Turks were ruling here 120 years ago right you don't see them freaking out about the the differences or like you know like we've been oppressed by the Turks this is bullshit even when Turkey and Greece has have like had their like military that's cool there's military interactions. The uh, it's just that I don't know. I feel like it's to see all like the protests and stuff and riots that you know were a lot. Some of it is like worthy, justifiable. It makes sense, right? You don't want injustice to happen to a minority or to anybody. You also, it's a. I feel like it's a uh, it's a it's an American privilege. It's a it's a complexity of luxury. I call it so. Like everybody in America 
Most of them, even the poor, are in the top 1% of the global economy, and they don't even know that. Right. So we in America, we think of the one percent as the hyper rich, but we are all the hyper rich. So whenever we think we're toppling these things like like America's racism, right, or America's uh, uh, or uh, we're, we're defending the globe against, you know, terrorists. Right. It's really just that's in our bubble, our own echo chamber. So I feel like a lot of the people that haven't been out of America, like I like. I went to enough history classes to like have a general idea when I was growing up, but actually moving over to Europe and being like, oh, wait a minute, you, where I'm living now, you guys were enslaved a hundred years ago. And right now it's like, yeah, but we're kind of like, you know, there's not a big chip on our shoulder about it, right? Like that's, we've been enslaving each other for thousands of years, like every different country, like nobody in America, even people that are in like educational roles, a lot of them, like are really consciously even aware of that. Like it's not part of their like, you know, their motif when they're teaching American history too. So it's crazy to think that like, cause even coming from America, I'm like, we must've been the last people to practice slavery and any of these, any of these negative traits about us. Right. Um, but to see that like, Oh wait, no, Greece is enslaved its own people, other people, other Greeks, right? Like the Athenians versus the Spartans, Turks versus the Greeks, like this has been going on. All of the Eastern European countries all hate each, have hated each other, owned each other, took each other over, annexed, done this back and forth. These 300 years, these 600 years, we don't have a fucking resume like that in the States. <laughs> we have like we came in, we fucking took over a lot of melting pot, a lot of different people came in, built up. We had our economy fucking blew up as China is now. And then now we're kind of there. 300 ish years, you know, we're at, we're literally still a fucking, we just entered middle school as far as far as like the age of the country. Right. Maybe, maybe not even middle school, not even middle school. That's the, the analogy you're painting is like the, like the young person that's just coming out of college and they have, they're very idealistic. I'm going to do this and we're going to do that. And they come out with these came out of Harvard and they got all this stuff and they, take over this startup or whatever, you know what I mean? Or just like, yeah, you know, they, they have zero, all, zero life experience. Yeah. And right? then like the first hiccup comes along and they're like, ah, it's cause my dad didn't prepare me. Ah, it's cause fucking, ah, my grandfather was an asshole to me or whatever the fuck it or is. Whatever right? it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you got the, the old, the, like the old janitor that was like a, you know, like a Vietnam or like a Korean war vet over there he's like cleaning you know what i mean he's like looking at the whole thing he like sits him down he's like telling him about all his shit that he's seen already and all his kids and they grew up and he's all he's seen all these friends live and live beautiful lives and then eventually pass away and then he's he's got all this and he's very very these, calm. these cycles of the hero's journey right yeah, that have that's, happened yeah and the person that literally hasn't even met the wise janitor yet the guy that's like well well, I'm supposed to be at the spearhead. It's like, well, look, you, you look, just, just. So, I, and I think a lot of the people from America, whether they're conservative or liberal, they think that the rest of the world looks to them as a beacon, and that's when we see like the word white privilege, right? I think that there's even a, there's privileges of all sorts, right? And American privilege is that you think that the whole world is looking at you as like whatever the left or the right symbol, like, oh, we're the pinnacle of the left. Wing, or we're the pinnacle of, you know, uh, force protection for the globe, right? Like everyone's looking to us. And it's really like 
Have you been – have you like – there's a difference between going on vacation to fucking Italy or to fucking France, right, to Paris and living overseas and kind of integrating and understanding like, oh, wait, I don't know shit. Like I don't know shit at least on a global, you know, economical or political side. That's like – it's been one of the most fun things and personally like valuable things for me coming over here at the same time that I was also kind of running from – I was like, I got to get – I got to get kind of out of here for a minute, you know. Because that kind of it kind of terrified me a little bit. Yeah, you want to see you want to see uh, the world, the, the like the the whole. Because a lot of times you'll see this small thing, whether it's your hometown or your state or your country. And I always call it. I always joke with my parents about. It, I always call it um, Planet America because mm-hmm. they, they, like you said, they kind of they kind of. Sometimes they, they they the way they phrase things and word things is kind of like everything else, all these productions and all these things is there to support America. Like there's other places that that exist in this world, and it could be a cliche, but I don't care because the thing about cliches a lot of times is they're usually right. You know, yeah, they're established, yeah. right? And the, the cliche is. Sure, you're an American, or you're you're Italian, or you're British, or you're from Zimbabwe, or whatever, right? But when you zoom out, you're also a human in the world as well. Like there's a huge ecosystem, you know, that we all play just a very very tiny piece in, and it, you're, it's like you're both, you know, to your friends and to your family and to your community. You are both everything and you are nothing at the same time. And that's a, I think that's a really difficult nuance that people, you know, we sometimes see and understand because we get so caught up in our, in our shit. In our minutia, you know, day to day. Yeah. And we're just, and we're just, and, and you forget about that. But I, you know, I think that idea is, is a really good, it's a really good reminder that you are both everything and nothing because it puts power into what you do. And it puts meaning, I think, in what you do every day too. Like it, what you do, like from those guys, those kids that are doing those riots or, or whatever. They're, they're protests in the same sense. They're both peaceful protests, but they're also violent riots. Like they can be, they can be both and yeah. neither at the same time depending on your perception. And they're doing – they're doing these things that have reverberations. Like, you, you know, you could just see, okay, I took a brick and I threw it in the window of this laundromat, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, it's just a laundromat, right? Well, the laundromat is owned by some Cuban immigrants who escaped Fidel Castro's communist regime oh, in the yeah. 50s, right? Yep. So, and they own that laundromat, mm-hmm. right? So whereas you think this action you just did is meaningless because now I just I ruined this sort of uh, example of capitalism, capitalism or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. you just overstepped somebody else's sort of realm, like their own dream. You unconsciously stepped on without ignorantly stepped on the thing that you're fighting for. Yeah. Basically, is like you know, uh, equ- you know. Uh, other people being invited to the table. It's like, okay, well, you just you just assumed that that was like a big business arm, 
and really like that's a mo- that's mom and pops. Yeah, it's like somebody that like fucking gave up everything to get here and built from scratch, yeah. and then you're they're getting treated as if they're they're getting treated just because uh, they have more than you now. Right. Right. This is and there's it's amazing how much history i i personally learned right after i got out of you know got out of grade school you know actual actual like history of things like i don't remember learning about like you know the gl- global economics and situations in history it was mostly just like okay the civil war this cuz we don't you know what i'm saying like you got tw- you got 12ish 13 years of school you don't. It don't take that long to go over American history, but you're still going to do eight years plus of it, right? It's like, well, what are we? Are we going to get? If we get into this, these little decades in this, or like the Civil War covers a whole year of class or whatever, it's or geography, you know, in a sense, the uh, just the fact that like you know, it might have been valuable. I feel like in the states, at least, I grew up in the South, right? So. And there's some ideas that like, well, that might be too much information for these young kids. You're right. And especially me, I never wanted to be in class anyways. It didn't matter if it was fucking good information or not, but it always depended on who was teaching it. Like if they were fucking cool and they were, if they were into it, you could have, we could have, I could have learned any subject. I feel like growing up, if the teachers were like, and super engaged with it. And that's no fault on teachers, like in, in academics and academia. But there's there's this uh, there's this kind of lack of experience that I feel like American youth has. And I feel like that maybe like the only way and this sounds like I would never I'm not really supporting this, but I'm just like kind of like thought experimenting is like maybe there should be some kind of thing that's like, okay, now you finished high school before you can even start college. You need to go overseas for like a fucking year or two. You need to like go see and talk, you know, live in that experience. But that's a privileged experience, right? Like that's usually like if you've, you know, if you're fucking 50%, 80% of the country, you're not just going to be able to do that. So is that a governmentally funded thing? Is it not? I I don't I I've I see the value in it like drastically. Have you ever heard of the uh, in Spain? There's a I'm sure there's this type of thing everywhere, but in Spain there's a this thing called I think it's called El Camino de San Juan. I want to say that's what it's called or El Camino de something. Anyway, it's this road that people. I guess long ago started this doing like a, like a religious pilgrimage mm-hmm. on. And uh, I think this is, it's in like northeastern Spain. Well, I think it almost like spreads across the entire Spain. Anyway, yeah, you can like, you know, get your, your backpack and you're by yourself or you're with friends or whatever. And you just walk. It's like a rite of passage. It's like a rite of passage, which I believe that we are largely devoid of. Yes. And I think that for I mean, there were some crazy ass rites of passages that that we've I've read and things from like Native Americans and like a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That maybe one can argue that maybe it's good that we don't have like the what was the the sun? It was the sun. Uh, it was called like a sun ceremony or something that the 
Native Americans did that was just crazy where they like there's there's one so that I know from my Native American godparents right and they're they're with the Cherokee tribe okay and uh, their their ancestors were part of the Trail of Tears and all that so they would go out to Arizona whenever their kids would get to the age of 16 and they would give them peyote mm-hmm. and the families there right they're kind of camping hanging out and they take it, the 16-year-olds, and maybe I'm wrong about the age. Maybe it's like 15, maybe it's 18. And uh, they go out, they ingest it, and they have to look for peyote while they're on it. And they collect it, and then they save it for whenever they have kids. So mm-hmm. in this, it's kind of, it's not like they go out in teams, you know, like tactical, okay, you guys are this. But they go out, and it's like they know what they're looking for. They kind of There's some kind of, like, education behind it, right? There's some safety measures put in place, but... How is it when your your own parents are like you're gonna this is you're gonna do this like what what, what level of safety at least is like in this we're talking about in a sense of psychedelics which is like kind of exaggerated right it's hard to like really talk about that but is there is there a sense of like that being like dangerous unhealthy really you're only worried about if someone's going to freak out and have a mental breakdown and this and that. But like, that's, I think that's amazing because your whole purpose in doing it is you're all for one, you're breaking down the structures. You have boundaries because your parents are, you know, involved with it. So there's minimal paranoia. Your parents are involved with it. It's something that's been passed down, right? It's something that's been like, Oh, this has been going on for maybe forever as, as far as I'm concerned. And then through this day or three-day event of you trying to find this, it's not like you're just sitting there, you know, with the the heightened senses that come from a psychedelic. You're also going through some, in some senses, it's going to be a challenging or bad trip at times to a good one, right? Because you have that backbone of like, okay, I know I have this protective force behind me, but I'm also stepping literally out of my, I'm breaking down a lot of these assumptions, like I'm having these experiences that maybe are only accessible partly in dreams, but your average American individual isn't like at 16 being like, all right, we're going to go take psychedelics in the desert yeah. and you got our whole support, right? You got our, you got our, we're, we're back and you, we've, we've been saving this since long before you were born, Yeah, yeah like yeah. just for you, right? That makes you feel very empowered that like, Okay, you were thinking about me decades, but maybe decades, you know, before you even had me. Like, okay, I'm think about how much confidence that gives you off the bat, even That's if it's true. subconscious, right? That's true. Like, like you, you were thinking about the value of me in this experience, fifteen years, maybe before you even met mom. You know, that's true. Like, you don't like now we just cough it up that like high school graduation or your sixteenth birthday or fucking. Hey, here's your first car is your, you know, oh, you got your first job. That's your rite of passage. That's not going to really hold up. Right. That's not going to really like hold you together. You know, that's kind of like part of the recipe for a midlife crisis is like, okay, like that was your, your fucking, you know, for the standard, you know, whether it's, you know, American uh, immigrant, American. And, you know, I feel like immigrants a lot of them still kind of hold on to some extent more traditional stuff for rites of passage than that's a good I think that's a good that's a good point though there's there's something about obviously this whole time I'm not going to sit here and try to throw shade 
on America. We're, we're a bunch of Americans here that, that get an American paycheck. And we're just oh, like, no, yeah. But, well, no, like, but like you said before, the people that should are the people that are at least in it, right? Those are the people that should be making whatever, you know, calling out their own hypocrisy and the bullshit of, of their organization and you, trying yeah, to make you, it better. Yeah, you should be able to critique your own team yes. because what fucking team can get to the top without harsh critique of themselves yeah like, or, exactly. or an artist right exactly. like like they're their biggest critic exactly you yeah know? so um damn what was i saying i always do that you were saying you're not gonna hate on america oh yeah but specifically but so that's a thing about that that i can see is that we have like you were saying before about uh going into a different country that that's been around the civilization has been around for thousands of years right Something that I've noticed after having lived in, in this is my third European country I've lived in. Something I notice about America every time I go come back is we are such a melting pot of culture, um, which is awesome. And there's so much beauty in that. These little individual pockets of, of diversity. Right, and then, like you said, you you have immigrants coming in from all over the, all over the, the the world, and you have friends, and you might be invited to their house growing up or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And you see their their customs and all these things that they do, and it's very different from from your own, right? But when you take this culture and, and diversity uh, and their their customs, and then this one, this one, this, I'm talking about the collective of America, right? It's it's almost like Again, America itself doesn't have its own culture of and these rites of passages and these own. It doesn't have its own. It's just made up of of hundreds, thousands, of millions, right, of them. Um, and who knows, though? Like we're, I'm talking about now, right? Fast forward into the future. Right? Who knows? Maybe America. It, it, they are. They're, they're going to eventually be the middle aged. You know, in hundred, in a thousand. Actually, in a thousand years, they'll be. They'll be the. Well, still probably still a young adult, right? Because we're talking about Italian and, and we're talking about Greek culture. Yeah, we get to five hundred years. Yeah, the country. yeah. Let's, let's not even. Talk, let's talk about Asian cultures, right? These cultures that are. Just incredibly oh, yeah. ancient, you know, six thousand like, yeah, years old. Yeah, compared to to you know over here in Europe, like those are those are the granddaddy, the grandpappy over there, you know. So when you when you see that sometimes, and I'll look at look at it uh, about our country, and I'll you know I'll see this and I was like, yeah, man, like it's I don't know, it's hard to to try to to identify to have your thing where like. This is, this is where it came from. Like, this is where I came from, you know, and this, this was like my culture, not like these xenophobic assholes, yeah. not in that type of way. Right. They're like, oh yeah, well we came from, you know, Northern Europe. So, you know, all, you know, we're Puritans. Yeah. All, not, oh. not like that way at mm-hmm. all. Right. But in this sense, like, like a, like a family thing, you know what I mean? Like, like. Yeah, my we have these sort of ideals, and then you can you 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 believe in your ideals as a family, but then you're also accepting of this other your your friend who came from India. You're accept, uh, accepting of his ideals too, and it's because 
that's just what their family did. And that's fine too. Nobody, like, it seems like a lot of times in America, the fact that, or maybe it's everywhere, I don't know. The fact that if you can allow somebody who who did come from a different culture to be able to practice whatever their culture is, then that somehow interferes with your own. And it's not true. Like everybody has their own way of doing things. And then that's gonna, that makes everything better, right? But just because your friend has his own way of doing this thing, it doesn't affect you. It, it makes sure it enhances your friend's life and his family's life, right? And then I would argue that, like I was saying before, it affects yours too, because it makes his well-beings better, right? And then with your friendship, that's going to make your friendship better too. And if your well-being's better, you, you're going to make that one too. And then you might, somebody else over here might be having a bad deal for, for whatever, you know? But if you, if your well-being is better, you can possibly help bring up their well-being because you're able to practice. But nowhere does it uh, interfere in a negative way. I mean, there are people that do it. And I think those people... And they know that they're wrong in what they do. You know what I mean? But they've sort of like lost lost there's their a, way. There's a resistance in them. It's like it's like that's impeding on them or whatever to have that freedom or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, to their neighbor or whatever. Like they're being – and it's because it's – they're they're running off of, in a sense, ego, right? And I'm not saying they're being egotistical about their own ideals, but that's like the motif of like – the animalistic nature and then like the higher consciousness. And I don't even mean, I don't even mean to start with in a spiritual or metaphysical sense. I mean like literally just like, okay, let me be, what's more aware than being an animal, like on an animalistic level, that's where like racism or prejudice and all these things like kind of stir up from, because that's still part, that's still very much, we're still very much animal, right? We're still running off software, hardware. We talked about this from, thousands hundreds of thousands millions of years ago right right? so when you're more aware and open that's you just even just a little bit goes a long way so for me i like i grew up in the south i could have easily been just a southern southern you know hardcore christian like that that was that was like the the norm it's it's still bizarre to me that for whatever reason my parents you know, ended up where they were, but were literally so open-minded that even when I was like five, six, like I was like, I, cause I grew up in the South. I was afraid of going to hell of dying just because of like, what if I go to hell, if I don't go to heaven, just because that was the atmosphere at school and just outside of my house, right on the bus. And, but my parents were always like, well, if you want to go to church, you know, you're completely allowed to At the same time, you know, there's like an altar in our house that has like Egyptian Christian has almost every different religious symbols on it that for my mom, she's basically a witch. Right. And, uh, and my, and I had my, I had one set of godparents that were, my godfather is a Southern Baptist preacher, but they didn't very hardcore. Right. But, but to our family, they were like, well, they got their own, we, we're not going to oddly, you know, impose our beliefs on them. We just love, we're just neighbors and we love you. Right. We're, we're godparents. Another set were Native Americans. Same thing. I got to see these different belief systems, but no one was like this. You, this is the only way, right? So that that gave me a really early on the ability to be like, well, wait a minute, I have all this free. Like that probably made me. That was the one 
part of the recipe that made me as spiritual as I am at my best times, right? And open-minded philosophically, intellectually as, as I can be was that there was like no barriers. It was just options, mm. right? The, the, that I'm so thankful for that because it easily, if one godparent or one of my own parents were like had more hardcore of a stance on something, I could have been drastically fucking different. Right. Like, but there was a level of, and maybe sometimes too much, right. When it comes to like personal organization, you know, life management skills and shit like that of like, <laughs> yeah. li- of like, because my parents were really liberal growing up. Right. Okay. Cause they had both their military brats, right. Hippies in their yeah. own sense. Yeah. Right. They graduated in like 71. They saw Zeppelin for a dollar 50. They saw Pink Floyd. Right. So like they Zappa. Right. So they they were they were they kind of were the black sheep of their own families in their own right like didn't want to be around you know kind of escaped their their mili- they're both navy fathers right their parent their fathers were both from in the navy they even served together at one point and uh so even you know for them to be that like you know just hey figure yourself out in a spiritual sense, that's been the biggest compass is that no one – we're in a place where everybody had that hardcore on them. Like going to school and if I had a band shirt on, somebody like, you're a devil worshiper. You have a Weird Al Yankovic shirt on. And I'm like, fucking Weird Al? Like what – where is the – like if this is devil worshiper, then everything else is like what's, wor- like, what's worse, worse than that? Than that? Yeah. Like is the fucking – like he's running with scissors. Like what is the like what I don't even wear my Danzig shirt. Like what is our slayer? Come on now. You know, so there's this I, I feel like when regardless if there's the this openness, you know, when when you're scared and you're and you're you have uh you're rejecting something, there's uh well, there's actually so Ram Dass is one of my like Okay. One of my man and this is uh one of his quotes that comes from one of his many books, he he says that whenever you're rejecting something or resisting something, you kind of embody and build up the opposite of whatever the fuck it is. You're mm-hmm. helping support that. And that's a weird concept to say that you have a, a direct, you know, responsible involvement with whatever you're fighting against. Like you empower it even if you're, as you're resisting it, Right. And that's hard to imagine, you know, because there should be some element of like fighting back against lazy, you know, these things, you know, atrophy, you know, uh, ignorance in yourself. And uh, I don't have any service right here, but it'll come up eventually. But, but basically in the quote, he's saying that when you look at – oh, wait, wait. It's coming up. It's coming up. I should have given you my Wi-Fi, dude. It's okay. It's okay. Here. okay, he says – Motives affect perception. See, the funny, peculiar position we're caught in is that many of us have touched a possibility and we are awake to how beautiful it is. We want it to be beautiful, but we want it so bad that our want, our desire corrupts our efforts. The solution we find ourselves in is that it is obvious as the nose on one's face. When you look at a protest, that the protesters create the people that they are against whom they are protesting. That as long as you are identified in the polarity and attached at the polarized position, you create your polar opposite. If you see him or her 
that as this or that, it puts you into reaction and sees me as him or her. And then we are separate. We're separated. Like we're now like it's us versus them. So whenever you're invested into like, again, even in my experience of having these, these Southern Baptists, these esoteric metaphysical spiritual parents, and then the Native American where it's like, no, it's all kind of the same. We're just speaking kind of a little bit different languages, a little bit different backgrounds, but we're going to be ourselves, but we're not going to say you should do this too. It was kind of like there was this like idea of separateness wasn't, I feel like when you're a young kid, let's just say you're young and you're like literally just going to church in Southern, you know, Southern, you know, speaking in tongues, fucking snakes and shit like that, which some of my family members were involved with, right? Mm -hmm. Then you automatically identify everybody else is wrong, right? Just as in a political situation. But if everybody's like, well, this is what we believe, you're invited, but you don't have to. But we also, all our conversations aren't going to be, barely any of them are going to be about the actual religious ideas or practices, but we believe that. So you can take a little bit from this, a little bit from that. That I think that's what opens up people to being like, wait a minute, it's ambiguous. Ambigu- and that's that's one of the markers of intelligence is your ability to be unbiased. Is that like, oh, wait, all of this is right because we all kind of share. Really, we share a lot of the same desires, wants, and outcomes but whenever we focused on like the law of negative returns, which is like, what, what are we, where are we different in this like five or ten percent as human beings? And we just think us focusing on that, we're going to make that a bigger and bigger and bigger thing to the point whenever you have certain states that are like in the states, a certain states that are like, you can't have an abortion past eleven weeks. The states like you can donate your dead, but you know what? And that's not real, but. You know what I'm saying? Like they make the hyper-polarized version of themselves, right. and that's they don't see that. It's like, wait a minute, wait, wait. First of all, let's establish where we both agree and then talk about where we disagree. Right. Like versus like starting at the other end, and then you're like, just going to yeah, fuck up first everything. Off, yeah. First off, fuck you. Fuck you, yeah. First yeah. off, like I can put whatever caliber bullet in my baby bottle that I want or <laughs> – no, look, I can be 16, 18 gen- – like, look, we're going to fight over the gender thing or the, or the gun-like thing. Like, how do, you, how do you feel about education? Like, do you think higher education should be free? How do you feel about health care? How do you feel about these things? Like, what do you right. – you know, not even the more, like, complex ideas of that, but, like, you know, how, what chances do you want for your kids? You could probably – everyone probably agrees that, like, oh, I want the best chances – for my kids as possible. Okay, let's start. Okay, cool. Check box. Okay, let's go to the next one. You probably get 90 check boxes before you get to the five or 10 where you're like, I don't know about these acronyms or I don't know about these, these, these access to M4s, you know, at the fucking gun range or whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Like growing up in an open spirit, like openly, like I feel like all kids are inclined to like have this idea of like, like I don't, I even as a five year old, I felt like I, like I was like curious about religious or spiritual things, partly because maybe the South, but I feel like, uh, I feel like a, a lot of parents. And it's easy to be lazy. I'm not a parent yet, so I can't really, you know, everything I'm saying at this point is bullshit. 
Um, but you know, you want the best, but whenever you like hunker down and you're trying to just go for like completely safe, you know, like, like, you know, like, uh, let's, let's say you don't want your kid to go to hell. You're thinking that far ahead. It's like, well, first of all, they need to like know how to interact with their, like, you know, how do they make friends first before we worried about if they're going to go to hell or not? You know, I don't think that that's, I don't think you should rush to like, you know, the fucking later life situations or issues before you deal with like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, how do I, how do I even adjust? Like what happened to me when I grew up? Right. right. Cause everybody's born with wounds, whatever, even if you're the, even if you read all the books, if you did all the work, you're still going to not be a perfect parent. So how do you at least be able to voice that? Like, well, look, I'm not that good at this because this happened to me whenever I was growing up. Right. That's probably, you know, that's probably whenever you have the lack of that interpersonal expression, you know, that I feel like a lot of kids in America experience, you know, that are just not like really like the less immigrant kids, like the less, uh, uh, then you also have the combination of the less interpersonal situations, rites of passage, and then you take out whatever the, the, metaphysical or broader spiritual senses are right or education then you're just having basically like a you're trying to like basically take the the industrial complex like the industrial revolution and basically just keep turning out people as basically cogs in a machine and then you're going to have situations like what you have now that's i mean that's something i see you see that a lot now like this this whole not not acknowledging on how things and why things are the way they are as far as like public school education goes and even like for instance daylight savings is 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 a small but like adequate like example like why are all these things are where they are because they were designed for a society that was you know about 100 years ago right and then you think to yourself all right well why don't we change it? Because society looks a lot different than it. We've moved on yeah, from that. There's, there's things that are different. And that's, that's on a societal level. When you're as an individual, I think that the right way, uh, when you know you're on the right track, I believe, or a good sign that you're on the right track is if you can look at yourself five years ago and think, man, I was a dumbass, you know, I feel better about that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's, you, you're always five years away from from thinking that you're a dumbass. Be, being idly, yeah, idolize, like five years in the future. That's when I'll come to you go, know, yeah, because yeah. you're always because everybody's making making stuff up as as we go. You know, everybody people like to believe as if there's this at this age or at this time you need to, you need to have your shit together. But most people are making stuff up as they go and then they have the eventual blue by you forever you know what i mean that that's just how it goes you know so yeah society there are some people and there are some groups now that are able to like recognize that and i think make a change when it comes to like like schooling stuff like that and make a change in a, in a positive way and then there's other other groups that try to change too and they don't they do it in a not so positive way, yeah, like cults or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that, that sort of thing. Um, I got really obsessed with cults in the last I year love, or two. I love what, 
documentaries about cults, books about cults. I love that. It's stuff. it's 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 an indulgence. It's, it's so it's because uh, because is, is it because you're looking at it and you're like. Man, you people are dumb. What are they going to do there's, next? There's a dichotomy, right? So there's literally, yeah, yeah, like, there's literally like how, but then how there's also this like, happen? then there's also like, well, let me see if I can get, let me, <laughs> yeah, see, I if agree. I, let me see if I can get into uh, it. You uh, know what I'm saying? Uh, like a Heaven's Gate, right? Like I just like finished the documentary on the Heaven's Gate group, and like if somebody came to, and, and a lot of these people are like intelligent to join Heaven's Gate, at least, right? They're yeah, that's the thing that's wild to me. There's like parents with kids, they're engineers, they're like they're 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 but they're so longing for this rite of passage, and I think in some senses that this person comes along and offers them this offshoot that a shaman would have had given them in their tribe, you know, 10,000 years ago. That they're like, you know, if, if I go to a fucking town hall meeting about someone who wants to talk about UFOs when UFOs just started be, being a topic of discussion, and they were like, we're leaving in six months. You can come with us or you can be stuck here. And I try to like imagine what that would feel like to be like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a chance on these people and say, what if I'm wrong? Right? Like, I don't want to be wrong and miss out on the, the UFO that's going to come pick us up. Right, right. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to go see. Because at some point, it's not like anybody I think that joins a cult starts off with like 100% in. Let's do this. I hope not. But imagine that. So imagine like your first level is like, okay, I'm going to go check it out. I almost got picked up by a cult. It was, oh, I say almost. It was like three minutes. I was at Bumbershoot in Seattle. I was in line to get into the music festival. And this dude came up, talked to me. And he looked, you know, he just had that like, you know, Obi-Wan kind of fucking look about him. He's all, he was like probably in his early 60s. And he was like, he was stopping and talking. I thought he was asking for change or something. He wasn't like, he didn't dress like a homeless man or anything. Which was, there were a lot of around that were doing that. Uh, but he walked up and he was like, hey. He was like, first question off the bat is like, if I told you I could take your IQ from this to this, would you be interested? And I was like, well, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Like, is, yeah, is it be? a supplement? Is it like a routine? Like what? And he was like, he was, he, and he gave me this like very orchestrated, but practice like script about like, we have these methods. We practice this. I thought, and I was just like, I was captivated by the first statement. But I didn't hear the other minute and a half shit he was really saying, right? Like <laughs> I can't even recall. About, I was just like, possible, "Look, look, bro. look! You're gonna give me something. Like you're gonna give me something. I'm straight out of the. I'm st I'm still like the monkey straight out of the jungle. Like give me the resource. Like I want the resource. Yeah. And then he was like, "Well, here's our stuff, right? Here's our information. You can come by and see us." So I was like, "Okay, cool, yeah." Blurred out the fucking information that was in between, which was just probably bullshit too in its own right. Like, because I know, I understand how this cult works. So I flip it. I'm like looking at. It, I'm like, okay, there's like locations. I flip it over. It's the Church of Scientology. It was in Seattle, and I was like, motherfucker. I was like, you, damn. If I, if like, if it was 15 years before, I would have gone and shown up. You know, got got all the thetons out of me and all that shit. I would have been, I would have been roped in. I'm like, yeah. I mean, because like the Church of Scientology actually works is like basic like therapy principle so you go in yeah yeah right you go in they have like the tech whatever the i'm, I'm gonna use the fucking wrong word but the tachometer or whatever the machine is that like pinpoints these yeah. regressed memories of your fucking yep. alien life it wasn't like like ha two handles Some, or... maybe that or you're maybe you're hooked up maybe yeah there's yeah. different versions of it but you start talking about regression right you start talking about your like your memories and then when it signals something, whatever the maybe that's on a scale on whatever the fuck, maybe it's but completely it signals random. Signals something, and they, the person goes, 
I want you to go in deeper on that situation. So eventually you're going to go into some of the same practices that are in therapy. You're diving into memories. You're opening up old boxes. Exactly. Yeah. That you don't get in your normal day-to-day interactions. Okay. But then I go, oh, well, you've gotten, you've gotten into the heart of this, this Thetan. So now we, to go deeper, you have to pay $1,100 for the next set, for the next level. It's almost like a belt system, which is like, that's like the, uh, the Exium fucking cult. It was like the sex, the, the guy that was, uh, it was the, the guy that did that documentary, What the Bleep Do You Know? He got roped into a cult with some other people up in, uh, fucking New York. And basically the cult leader, which is a normal thing, started having sex and branding like some of the women in the head of it. But cults are amazing to me because I'm, a, I'm obsessed with social psychology anyway. That's that my only inv- interest really in political systems is the is the social psychology element it's like well okay what makes you really dig in your heels on this but you're like too afraid or you're you're like oh well my guy didn't i didn't even like if you bring it up and they're like well you know people are people like oh, okay people are people when it's your team but when it's the other team you're like we gotta fucking we, we just maybe need to gut these people right <laughs> so the 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 how you could be and the confidence that a cult leader has, right, is fucking. The like, charisma is like that's it's it's yes. almost like a genetic thing. Like it's not like it's like they were like seven and were like, you know what? I think I got this figured out. It might not even it might not even be narcissism on a high level or narcissistic traits. It might be something totally else off the bat that like we're not even aware of because the charisma is almost hypnotic on fucking one out of fifty or one out of a hundred people. Like you can go in a room and I like a. You show up and I'm like, okay, the UFO's coming. You could be with us or you could be fucked. Nine-nine people are going to be like, this motherfucker. Because even when they, 20, 30 years later, they went back and did this spiel again, the Heaven's Gate group. And even there was people that went to the original fucking, like, you know, spiel of it 30 years before. And they were like, weren't you guys supposed to leave? (laughs) Like, fucking, like, like, and, and there's these older people there now that are like, we don't have an answer. Like people that joined from that original, like those that original tour they went on, right. and they were like, "Yeah, they completely forgot that." Like, wait a minute, we were supposed to leave like fucking like thirty years ago. Wait, we're still waiting on this thing to show. Like, but but they like literally couldn't hear it. There was a filth. They were just like, "Well, it hasn't happened yet," you know, because our leader hasn't has said it's not happening yet. You know, but it was there was people that were that interested. They're like. I remember these motherfuckers. I want to show. I would be that person. But wait, wait, wait. I remember these. I want to go investigate it again, right? I kind of want to join one. You know, if there, it's, it's, you know, if one pops up, if there was a way where you know, like where you knew you could join one, but then like, like have a weird wire, you know? Yeah, something. To where, I mean, I'm sure somebody's done this before. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's done it before. But where you can join one and be like, I just want to see how it is, but. Like I don't want to drink anything. I don't want to take any pills. No Kool Aid. I, I want to no be able to. Yeah, I want to. I want to be able to have like the, you know, to observe this, and then just so I can understand, so I can like study this. Because if I start, you know, taking X or doing psychedelics, and I might actually start believing in it, and then I, yeah, I forgot why I was in here in the first place. So you have to first, you have to go to like a like a like a hypnotist or something. And start one of those um, defense or like a Manchurian def- candidate type thing, right? Like, all yeah, right, yeah, we're yeah. gonna play a certain the tones together, and when they're played together, you're gonna snap out of it, you're right? Stop smoking. Yeah, 
And then that, you have to have something like that. And then that way, but you have to hope that you remember what, what your findings were, you know what I mean? Just so you could, I don't know. I'd be, that you'd, be, you'd have to have be prepared. You'd have to have some defense against the dark arts training yeah. like that. But then like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if you, if you have a good, if you have too good of a sense of humor and dark humor, you know, an existential crisis right. and you try to get recruited by a cult, you're, they're just going to be fodder for your fucking dark humor anyways. That's I feel, true. I feel like there's a level of like, I wonder if maybe the times that I've been obsessed with learning about cults, I'm really focused on the leaders and like how, who they were, but they don't really go into depth on like who got recruited or if they do, it's like, Oh, I was vulnerable. I was this, I was this, but it's like, what is that level of vulnerability a lot? Or is it just the basic, you know, undertone of the human are humans always waiting for a messiah type person that has all the answers who we you know politically we put on our leaders we're like oh this motherfucker's got it figured out we can fucking rest easy that is a very masonic sort of complex that we give these these people who we elect as leaders yes i think people are always looking for somebody like that because a lot of times people are, are largely distrusting in their own in themselves and they also don't like the idea of not knowing. Like most people are they don't like and that's why I think a lot of people subscribe to a lot of things and that's where like group group dynamics when it comes to like sociology like you like like people like that because we know that within groups back in the day you were in a group, you were protected, you were fine. That's why we have what we do nowadays is like we're always scared of people like judging us, right? Because back in the day, if you were ousted from the group, that meant death. So now we're we're always wanting to fit in, and there's peer pressure and all all oh, yeah. those things. Even you know I mean? exile, even if you still kept your life, like exile from the group is like, there's no way I'm going to be integrated into another group. I'd rather just be dead, right? right. Like that's like if uh, one of the one of the things that I saw, like on the Northmen show, which is like a kind of like they're trying to like kind of make fun at the Vikings mm-hmm. version of it, and it's made by like like Norwegians, right? It's mm-hmm. a show that's made by them. One of the things is like uh, if you got too old in the society, or if you committed a crime, they take you up to a waterfall, and they're like, "Well, you can jump off and keep your honor, or you can like leave." And a lot of them are like, "Fuck, man!" Like, what? <laughs> like you know, like. Like, it's like, yeah, you can still go. You can go. You can jump off, too, you know, because that might be. And the idea of that is, like, maybe sometimes for some people it's like that would be in ancient societies, right? Like, the idea of exile from your group would is worse than death, right? Like, so, because then you got to, like, you know, that's that's difficult to do. That's, 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 that's be, I think that's even more difficult than a hero's journey, even though the hero's journey involves you leaving all that, you know, restarting. Cause there's a mentor mentor aspect that comes along, but there's plenty of people that leave what they know or never even start with it. And they don't have a mentor that comes along and like gives them any type of like credence. Right. And I think that that's like, like if I wouldn't have had certain key people show up in my life and that have continuously done so, right? Like even like you're kind of one of those people in a small way, right? As of now, right? That like even the fact that I'm still in the the job that I'm in, right? Like there's a part of me that feels like one of the reasons I wanted to leave and 
you know, was, was kind of planning on leaving in 2021 is because I felt like God's thumbnail has been in like the back, right? Been like, hey, you know the real work. You know what you're really supposed to be like, all right, I know you're comfortable. I know you're... I know you got this, you're used to this, you're kind of conditioned for it, but all right, I'll give you a little bit more time, but you got to get to it. So, uh, but I feel like I, you know, part of the, the, I wouldn't say even say it's a conflict, but the push and pull of that too, is that I consistently still also on the other side of this occupation, I in a work sense, I meet people that I'm like, okay, like this one or two people that are like really, really good kind of make up for a lot of the shitty stuff, you know, or the, the parts that I'm feeling like I'm like dismissing what I'm really supposed to do because this is a, this I'm supposed to meet this person too. Like there's no wrong path. And then a sense like that. So, but I feel like that you meet some people that are like, you haven't fucking had a conversation with someone that's valuable to you right when you needed it in years, you know, maybe even longer. Right. And then some people don't even want that. Some people you can't fucking solicit that to them at all. You know, uh, like my dad, he was he was when he was about to retire a few years ago, I was like, what do you, well, now's your chance. I was like, you haven't really like loved your job. You know, what do you want to now? What do you want to do? And he was like, well, I, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I was like, all right, you know, there's this idea that like there's the actualized self, right? Like we, everybody, there's this, there's this like ideal version of yourself and you could, you, you could get there if you get all overcome all of your childhood conditionings, your, your limitations, these challenges, these struggles. I don't think that's, and I, and I, and I subscribe, some people have this opinion too. I don't think that's everybody. I think some people literally are like, I'm fine with just the like i'm here i'm comfortable and i'm at peace and that's and people great. and people don't think but people think like okay you're, you're joking yourself you're kidding yourself right. right right no i and i think there's some people that will literally like even take a vile approach to this is like a dark humor sense but like there's some people that are like nah it's all shit right and that's like there's something comforting about that too for someone to be like nah it's all bullshit it's like some some even like gurus will even say that like you don't how many like real like how many real like spiritual people like I'm talking about hardcore ones like had a lot of like read a lot of self help books right or something like or had programs right no right. they just were able to do it by relinquishing all of it you know and just really like oh focusing on people community. Not having like, no, I, I wake up at 6, I do my workout by 7.45, I eat this type of diet and fucking I, this. I, I yeah. sun my butthole yeah, at, yeah, yeah. As, I fucking, at noon. I fucking put a quartz, a, an inch and a half quartz, and I raise the diameter of my ass every fucking six hours. Yep, yep. I exfoliate, mm -hmm. you know, using some sort of like the skin of some sort of dead <laughs> dove or something, you know? Yeah, that died on the solstice. These motherfuckers. But that, but that, that same thinking there is this, is those people that are like even on like social media and stuff like that are they have that charisma that that we're talking about that a lot of these cult leaders have right and then people you know you think about when you're on social media a lot of times your your defense mechanisms and things are down right because you'll scroll and you're like we were talking about the other day when it comes to like scrolling you know what I mean oh, yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. you're just sort of it it's not. It's like uh it's like you're you're a bystander in your own life at that moment, right? So your defense mechanisms are down. 
So you think about it. So you're looking at all these videos. You're looking at cat videos, right? Then you're looking at hot chicks, and then you're looking at like you know drum videos or guitar, and you're looking at beautiful sunsets, and, you know. And then all of a sudden, there's something that might be, you know, something like this. Like we're talking about these influencers. This is what you do, and this is what you do, and then all of a sudden, go right to the gym. The, yeah, go to the gym. Or, right it, now. it makes you. It, it it almost has a sense where sometimes they're they're trying to. Shame you into it, or or maybe you you read it and then you start shaming yourself, right? Oh yeah. And then and then there's um then you'll see something else um that'll make you like something some something politically uh, oriented, you know, in one way or another, whatever, and it makes you think. But right then again, your defense mechanisms are down, so you know you, it it changes. Like I was saying before too. It changes the way that you interact with yourself, and then thus it'll start changing your actual actions in the way it changes. You know what I mean? So why did I just say this though? I do. I'm so bad about that today. I'm like, it's Sunday. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to. I think it's good if you're if you're not able to recall. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm really bad probably, about this that's, today. That's, you should be. I think it's Sunday. You're not supposed to be. I mean, I'm not even it's like the fucking Saturday. I didn't, I didn't like excessively drink or anything. I feel. Yeah, I don't even know why. But uh, man, I don't even know why I was saying that. Oh fuck it. Let's talk about uh, Frank Zappa. No, well, no, no. well, okay. I mean, it's, he's amazing. The uh, I was gonna say though, you should as a fucking what I. When I notice that, like, I've, because, you know, I scroll on every fucking thing sometimes. It's just an indulgence tea. Because it's also not, like, what am I interested in, but, like, what is, inch, what is, like, being seen, what is being uh, focused on by the masses mm-hmm. in these different areas, right? Because you can switch your VPN too. So, what I'll do, though, sometimes is when I notice I'm getting a lot, because I'm, I'm focusing more on these things that are popping up, I'll start to shit that I don't care about. I'll start to, like, watch. I'll start to be like, okay, I'm going to let that play. Let that play out, even though I don't want to watch it. Like the stuff that would normally catch my attention, I go in the complete opposite direction, and within minutes, the feed changes. Like it changes literally that quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. But people don't see that too. That you can literally rewrite rewrite the algorithm in literally just like maybe ten minutes of changing up. Like if you're normally, oh yeah, I normally would like this, like this, like this. Like no, let me skip over everything I would like and bullshit that is just like irrelevant to me. Let me like engage with it, or at least have my instrument engage with it as if I care, and then see how quickly it can shift over to. Because one of the things that I I got obsessed with when it comes to like that type of of uh, information is comedy, right? Like that's my my favorite thing. So. But as a man, I can see how like ass and titties comes up more and more and more and more and more. So then I, I've done this a few times too, that even if one thing of comedy shows up, like I'll really drag that out. And then the next one might be ass and titties, but then the next one's comedy again. So you can shift <laughs> over, you can shift it over. It's just that it's like, it's kind of like when you force feed an animal. If you put food out there, those cats will eat and vomit and eat and vomit. But if you put a little bit out there, Right. Once a week, then they're they're never quite sure. They're just like, okay, yeah, we have this relationship, but I'm not reliant. Like that's not what I'm here for. Is that right? It's also because like the the environment or this or that. So the uh, but Frank Zappa, yeah, (laughs) yeah, Frank Zappa, man. I I saw a video that 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 came to mind. You mentioned him earlier because you said your parents went and saw him. Oh yeah, uh, 
But it was funny because it was funny you That's mentioned my fucking it. my dad's AOL account was Doggy Do Snow Cone. Oh, nice. Don't you eat that yellow snow? I I uh, I, I watched a video today. Uh, it was just it was a salon on Instagram. It's this drummer that I like, and he posted this small little snippet of Frank Zappa talking, like the way that Zappa always talked, which was very wise, but also very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. You know, at the, at the same and also very funny and silly. But he, I think I think this video he was talking about musicians who sign to like a major label, like back in the seventies or whatever he was. He was someone, and they and they liked it because they got a steady paycheck, you know. But he says, but then when you start doing that, then the record label can say, "Hey, well, we don't," you know. They could just wake up the next day and say, "We don't like your haircut anymore," so you can change your haircut, or your, you can image. just yeah, or you can. We want you to. This is what's hip, so we want you to change your music to sound like this because this is what's or whatever. And he was talking about how. Why he did things the way he did because he was just kind of like oh, we just kind of do whatever we feel like needs to be done. Yeah, I, I saw one literally last night, and it was uh, him, and he was. They were talking. The lady had asked him, "Are you a good guitar player? Are you like a good?" And he was like, "He's like I'm a specific type of guitar player." He's like, "But he's like good is like is based on your own personal perception." He's like, "He's like there's guitar players that go out can play like." You know, this completely fast, this uh, very, very precise scale that goes with the song that they've written that they've played a thousand times. And he's like, and that some people love that. And the technical ability of that is amazing. He's like, but me sometimes he's like, especially and he goes into the rhythm system, uh, rhythm section specifically in discussing this. He's like, sometimes, though, depending on who you're playing with, an event comes up. He's like, I have he's like, I have enough knowledge, technical ability, knowledge of the instrument I'm holding that I have a sense of where to be. But then there's this like nonverbal again, communication that happens where you don't know what's going to happen, but you, you are safe enough into maneuver and be creative to where like, basically it's like whatever was recorded on the album might not happen during this period of time. He's like, I kind of know where to start, but the vibe of the environment, the situations leading up, the days up to that point, the day, maybe just the ride to this next show, it changes based on the whole mood of the whole band. He's like, so you're going to get that experience that you can only get live, even if, you, if, if you're someone that loves the carbon copy repeat of what happened on the album. Maybe you're kind of let down, but then maybe the person at the next show is like, that was fucking way better you know, then like, then what I, that was maybe sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, but it's more of a natural process when you are having a live experience. And I was like, that fucking interviewer just got like, was like, I don't know how to follow up on that. Like, I'm not even, a, okay. Uh, so you're, so is that a no? Is that a fucking, is that a maybe? <laughs> like didn't even, that, that motherfucker is probably just the first time he, she even, they, you know, cause it was like 70, it was like early 70 interviews. Like, I've never even listened to your music, you know. The same thing happened to Bob Dylan whenever he was on his first, like, world tour. And uh, he was in fucking one of the Scandinavian countries, I think. And the person was like, uh, are you, you know, 
are you a, a poet or this and that? And he goes, well, what do you think? And he's like, well, I've never listened to your music, the interview. And he's like, your fucking interview. He starts laughing. He's like, and he's like strung out at this point, right? He's like been on this, he's like just got popular and he doesn't like it. He doesn't, he, you can tell he's like, this is right before his motorcycle crash where he disappeared for like eight years. And he is like, uh, he's like, you've never listened to my music and you're interviewing about my music. He's like, this is, this is like, all right, well, what are we doing at all? Right. It's, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think that even, I think that people that are able to be that creative, even if you don't like it, even if you don't like the music, right. But also detached from it. Those are the ones where their music drastically stands out for some reason, you know, for the people that like it, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, no one's listening to Bob Dylan because of his technical ability, right? Like, cause like, Oh my God. But then I'll still listen to someone with technical ability who's, you know, just, that's what they love about like Ingve Malstein or something. Right. That's just like, Oh, this person is just like a supercomputer, just like walking around in a human body, right. Yeah. With pentatonic knowledge. But you like different like different artists, and you like different different creative aspects of different artists, and that's that's just that's just what it is. Not like there's not a a complete musician. Oh hell you know no! I mean? Yeah, like, I would be worried if yeah if, you know. And I've been a super fan of some fucking groups before, but then you know I, I allow myself to realize like oh wait it's been I haven't even listened to them in a few years, or maybe I can't listen to them anymore, or it's very seldom, right? Like, you you felt like you kind of grew out of them? Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's, whenever you meet somebody that for 40 fucking years they've been a super fan, you're like, what's going on? Like, what's going, you know, that's the, and I'm not saying that they, you can't be a fan for that long, but whenever you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to anything else besides, Yeah, that's a little, that's a little weird even for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you have your favorite bands, I have, you know, favorite, everybody's got their favorite groups, and a lot of times I'll circle back. Okay, well, on that, I would say my favorite band, if I'd have to pick, is probably Zeppelin, right? I can't tell you the last time I listened to Zeppelin. I have no idea. Yeah, but I bet you whenever if I put on Zeppelin, it's I, depending on the mood and what song I click on, right? You're like, oh, oh yeah. Shit, I lo- they're, still, they're still my favorite band. I still love them, right? But I cannot tell you the last time that I went over, you know, to my the, the record player. I went on Spotify or whatever, and I was just like, I'm listening to Led Zeppelin three today. I I don't know, and uh, yeah, it doesn't mean that I don't love them. It doesn't mean I don't that I'm not because they're my favorite. I have a you know Zeppelin tattoo. You know what I mean? But you just kind of grow, and you know how it is too. You'll grow, and then you all of a sudden you'll like. Circle back one day. Something will happen or whatever. You'll circle back, and then you'll just, like, listen to Zeppelin for a week straight. Nothing but Zeppelin. Yeah, and you're like, how did anybody – how are they able to do this? Yeah. Like, it's like new – it's like there's a there's a, a nuance of, like, brand new again where you're like, wait a minute. Like, like you remember why you loved them in the first place, but then you're also like, how is this still so new and it's 50, 60 years old? Like, who the fuck punches – who inv- – like especially okay with Zeppelin though, like you whenever you invented the title of heavy metal, yeah. you know to you know people can throw anybody else in that mix. They talk about Sabbath and it's like, okay, fine. I mean, what people can throw, but dude, Zeppelin invented that. It's funny that you okay. I had a when I was mentioning earlier about like teachers, if they're good, you're yeah. like you you perk up. All of a sudden, your list, everything they're saying, you hearing my uh, a. 
I don't want to say astrology. My astronomy teacher, he was a science teacher that lived in Russia for a while at my high school, which was weird because it was in the South. He One of the first things he started off with was, and he probably worked for like the CIA. He had pictures from him in Russia and shit. He was like a fucking calculus dude from like the 60s, 70s. Yeah, he was 80s. definitely like CIA. Something, he was so weird. He was like a doctor at this weird high school. It was so fucking, he, he had plants out. He had a garden out back. It was very weird. I was like, you're not a normal teacher, bro. You're not like coaching soccer yeah. fucking after school or baseball. And uh, he said that he was just eating one day. He had this chocolate that was from overseas, and he was like, oh, yeah, there's no there's no wax like American candy. This is like the first fucking day of class. And he was like – someone asked him, he's like, hey, does anybody have any questions for me? And they're like, have you ever seen any bands live, right? And he's like, yep. He's like, uh, not a lot. He's like, but the first one I ever saw, he's like, I was 19. It was Black Sabbath in Europe. And he was like – and everyone was like, what the – and I was immediately like, what? I was like, I'm even more – what? And he was like, it was the loudest, coolest thing I've ever seen. He was like, but never – never like he's like, I've never bought records, but it was amazing. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to learn. <laughs> I'm engaged now. And I wasn't even like a Black Sabbath fan, but just the fact – I knew who they were. Right? Of course. I was like 16, so I went and listened. I was like, okay, I want to listen. It's like it's the loudest thing I've ever experienced. So I was like, I want to go experience that. Yeah, it's like it, – yeah. It was like uh, – like you said, you were trying to you, – you go into a class and you you already think that you're not going to relate just because whatever. But when the teacher delivers something like that, you're more inclined to listen. You're like, oh, shit. You're oh like a God. human being. Bro, I, I have fucking uh, – we had Bible one and two at my high school, and they tried to. It was I thought it was an, it was an elective. It was an elective, but it was a it was they were actually teaching it as a history based class. Like they don't do this anymore. It's like illegal. But this I'm so I went in because I was like, okay, I want to learn. Like, okay, I'm open minded. I want to learn about the ifs and wins and you yeah, know sure. the history of it. They didn't teach it like this shit, man. They they spent a week on fucking trying to discredit dinosaurs. I'm not even joking. They tried to rationalize why dinosaurs, you know, because they're not in the Bible, right? There's a few references of dragons or fight, you know, shit like that, bigger animals. And then we talked about Ouija boards. I was like quickly like, oh, this is like, this is basically like indoctrination class, like 101, right? Like I was like, and they had like six different teachers they went to because they started hooking up with like the 15-year-old, 16-year-old students. They have to like switch the teachers they're like, okay. We're having a sex scandal at school, so. How do they explain dinosaurs then? They tried to bring up basically that, like, may, I, they basically just rationalized that there was, like, Komodo dragons were, like, probably what it was. But, like, it was, the, it was we were 16, right? So there wasn't anybody, like, really going, well, what about this? It was just, like. Oh, you're like, yeah. Yeah, like, like oh, okay. that makes sense. And I'm sitting there, like. It is the last, it's sixth period, right? I'm already like, I took this class. It's like a fucking easy out and an interest, right? But like now I'm, this is, it was like, it was like in the verge of like early, you know, we also had like prayed at the flag every fucking day and weird shit like that. But they didn't really try to discredit what dinosaur bones are, but basically just tried to say that they're like, were Komodo dragons that all just like evolved. So it's really quickly. Like, just try to rationalize them away. I don't, uh, yeah, that, 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 that falls into the cult thing for me. Yeah, we talked, we talked about, with the fact that you brought up Ouija boards, too, I was like, because that's like, I'm kind of used to that, right? I have a little bit of experience with that, not like kind of, you know, not like on my own will, but 
you know, he tried to say that he went to a relative's house and they had one under his bed and he like kept waking up with like weird feelings. And eventually they were like, oh yeah, we have a Ouija board in the house, ironically under your bed, like a fucking movie script, right? Like a fucking bad fucking story. And he was like, I just felt uneasy the whole time. He was like, well, maybe, uh, maybe you should, uh, you should have at least asked the board, like, hey, am I being a good person? You know, like, am I a piece of shit at all? You just automatically were like, are you mad at me? You know, for whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's the way? What's the what's the beef board? What's going on with this shit? Right? Have you ever seen a ghost? No, never. No, I, I, and I and I'm one of those guys that wants to see a ghost. Because, oh, you're never gonna see it then. Yeah, never, I, it's I, never gonna happen. I mean, you're probably right. It's not like I'm like. I'm like waking up at night and I'm like looking around that type of way, right? But I, I talking with you, I want to see a ghost. So when I go into a uh, like a house or like an old like in Pensacola, the the base there, the main the headquarters building, mm-hmm. they said that uh, a lot of people talked about that there that was an old it was an old hospital. And they said that there was a lot of ghosts in there. And people that had overnight quarter deck watch, they were always talking about, like, they hear weird sounds and whatever. But every so every time I was in there, I was always like, today's the day. Like, you know, and I had to go to the basement. I had to do whatever. And I was always like, what's up? Nothing. Oh, yeah. You know? And and uh, not to say that I wouldn't be a little creeped out because I would be, right? I just want to I want to have my own story. A, a good friend of mine uh, down there, he was like, "Oh man, you! I saw a ghost on the on the camera," and I was like, uh, "That's pretty thick." So that's been and, a pretty thick statement, buddy. And, well, and I was like, "All right, well, let me see this, right?" And it was a it was an outside camera of the parking lot, right? And he took he actually took a video of it of the feed. So I'm like I'm like watching his video of the camera feed, and uh, it was like this weird silhouette looking light that was like walking about the and it looked like it was like avoiding vehicles or whatever you know what i mean and then all of a sudden it just like the the light like went away and it just looked it had this sort of oval shaped silhouette type it was and when i when i watched it i was i got like you know goose shivers but i'm like i tend to be a pretty skeptical type person. It's good. There's a, well, there's a certain amount you should always be, yeah. right? So, of course, I'm like, oh, that was probably a like a little tiny, like a minuscule, like a baby gnat on mm-hmm. the lens. Or some or, wing, the reflection off the wing. Yeah, what, you know Which I mean? it could have been. Yeah. It could have been, it could have been this, but it also just is, so like ambiguity is important. Yeah. So, let's say you did see one, right? Let's say you don't even have, let's say... Let's say you don't have eyes for it. Let's say you have an experience that's existential, that's metaphysical, right? Not an existential, but metaphysical experience where something happens where it feels, you know, paranormal, right? And this doesn't have to be something that's just specifically like in a ghost sense, maybe an intuitive sense, right? Have you ever had something that happens to you where it's like, even if a few days later you rationalize it away, but it kind of like is like, you know, for a day or for a few days, you're sitting back and you're like, okay, there's no question now. No. Have you, but you've wanted one. I was, I mean, like I said, want is a, is a strong word. It's a strong word. I, I'm, 
I would just like to have one. You know what I mean? Just because, just to say, oh yeah, I, I have a contribution to the story mm-hmm. that everybody's talking about. How they've seen, they've they've had an experience, a paranormal experience. Because so I'm, I'm very open to just a lot of things. So let's say you, let's say in the situation that you're like thinking about somebody, you haven't talked to them in months, and they text you. Okay. Right. All right. So, like that that se- that seems very mild, but it also doesn't have to be. What are your feelings when that happens? Yeah, I think I think that that, that that's happened, and and it's like you know some people, and sometimes that's co- completely coincidental, right? Maybe because there's supposed to be a time of the year that you guys are supposed to hang out, or blah 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 blah. There's all these factors you have to take into consideration. So has there ever been a time that intuitively something happened, even if it was very, very, like, very subtle for everybody else that you would ever explain it to? But for you, it was so valuable that it sticks with you. Yeah. Okay. There was a, an, uh, a friend of mine that I uh, – and I think, I think this goes into what you're asking – so it was a friend of mine that uh, we were good friends growing up and throughout high school and even after I joined the Navy and we, we, we'd always travel and go see each other and whatever. Well, uh, for there was one time I, I was going so I think I was going to be stationed in Spain or something. And then we had a, like a disagreement and like a, like a falling out. And we didn't talk for like four years. Um. Well, one random weekend, I had to go to a training in the state. I was in Spain, so I had, to, but I had a training in the states. So I flew to the states, and then on that Thursday or Friday, I decided I'm gonna go to Atlanta. That's where I'm from, and I'm gonna visit my friend Griffin, who still lives in Atlanta, and I'm staying with her for the weekend, and then I'll go back to Spain on Sunday. Okay, so hanging out with Griffin. You know, we just doing our thing, you know, going to have drinks here and then, you know, go eat here and just, just hanging out, right? Well, then one morning we decided that we were going to go to this. There was like some street festival or something. And we were like, okay, well, let's go this way. And then we decided we couldn't do it and we decided we had to drive. So we had to, we drove. I know this is this this has a point, believe me. And we drove and we ended up like uh, had to park in some random neighborhood somewhere because there was no parking um so we parked there and we walked down we had lunch and then we were walking back to the car and uh you know this other person had had a disagreement with he came up in conversation because uh, my friend griffin was friends with him too he came up in conversation uh and i because i hadn't thought about it in a couple years and as we were walking up that hill he comes walking down that hill with his with just some friends, and I it blew my mind, blew my mind, and I told him right there too because he was a good friend of mine. That it blew my mind, and I told him exactly what happened. I said, "I'm my mind right now is trying to process the like mathematical the ratio probability, probability of, like- of this." occurring and I was like and I have to I feel like I have to sit down because I because it just it's wild to me because the the normal systems that we have the five sense organs which is 95% of what comes in 99.9% isn't built for something like that yeah even at bare minimum coincidentally is not 
you know, like, cause you could rationalize every, there's a thousand ways you could rationalize like that, but it's the fact that you brought them up in conversation in close proximity, even after years, right? It's not like you talked about it and not then like three weeks later he texted you like, oh, that's weird. We just talked about you. It was cut and dry one situation to the next when you had four years of that situation or conversation to happen, even in a minutia sense, right, as minutia. But then for it to happen literally in transit in your like, you know, what, what, what was the time frame between like whenever you were talking about it to like whenever you ran into him? Uh, it had to, it was that weekend. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. after four years, like that's, that's you couldn't even if you tried to plan that encounter that would have took and they probably wouldn't have got turned out that way right like that's Atlanta's a big city man you know what I mean yeah that's there's not, millions of people in Atlanta and there's millions of uh, of zones and boroughs you know what I mean yeah it's not like you were at five points or whatever yeah you know, and I don't yeah. know at the time I didn't know where he lived I don't know and everything we did was like we were going to Uber but then we decided because uh, they were uh, so you, surging so do you feel like in your mind blown state you feel like that was like a super big coincidence that's very valuable or do you feel like that maybe outside of your five sense organs that there was some kind of even if it's just as small as like we're about to run into him. Like, oh, I re- oh yeah, you had – oh, you, we both kind of have a feeling about him. Something small, right, that just got through the fucking – the filter, you know, the the undeveloped filter and just hit you. Right. And your other sense organs in your mind was like – is there – was there a part of you that was like, well, that kind of makes sense? There was a part of me that wanted it to make sense because, like I said – I tend to be a pretty skeptical person, uh, and I used to be way more skeptical person. As I get older, uh, and I'm a very tolerant type person, and I'm very open to 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 a lot most things. Um, I wanted to chalk it up as coincidence, and because. Because that's what makes that's what that, that's like the part of the being a skeptic. It's like a part of our sort of mo. You it know put, what I mean? It puts a boundary on everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and like I said, even even talking about it now, because that was like whenever that happened, that was like I don't know, maybe like six years ago now. And you know, and since then we've we've you know rekindled our friendship. You know. Um, but yeah, I wanted to chalk it up as coincidence, but I I don't think it is. And there there's been a there's been a guy I recently saw on uh, some sort of one of the social media platforms, and he's like a he's like one of those guys that like that talks about the intersection between like spirituality and science, and not not like in a metaphysical way, but yeah. just in like a practical way. In a, yeah, in a, in a practical way. But he he talks a lot about like patterns in nature. Like geometry, geometrical patterns in nature, and like and the co- comparing to other patterns that are very similar, like within the brain, like the anatomy of the brain, or like within DNA. You know what I mean? Like, so he, he talks a lot about how the like about these reoccurring patterns. But then there was something that he just recently posted. It's funny that we're talking about this too, talking about patterns in life, 
and how that they are patterns and not coincidences, you know? And it was an it's a, it was like a really interesting thing because I'm I'm definitely in a season in my life where I am how do you say reassessing my filter system? Sp- more, yeah, my filter system and my my terms with my with what I believe like spirituality is, you know. So like, uh, and I don't. I honestly don't think that what he's saying and even this conversation. I don't think it's like woo woo type stuff. I I think that there is there is such thing as something being. Like let's just say in the anatomy of uh, or in the area of medicine, for instance, you have peer-reviewed journals that talk about the efficacy of a certain medication that's that's proven to help. Let's just say ibuprofen with painkilling, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the on the complete other side of the spectrum, you have the from the ancient like apothecary sort of like like the Vedic sense of like you can be overcome with a situation that creates pain yes or that and also you know you can take lemongrass and mix it with this and that you know what i mean so so i believe again like most things it's a spectrum so i believe even within that medicine context it's good to have a doctor that sort of kind of like uses both you know what i mean hey we're gonna try the like a little more holistic Stuff, try it first, and if it doesn't work for you or what, for whatever reason, then we have we have medicine that, that will be able to help you, you know? 